if you want to soar. All right, you were thinking about something else just then. I'll give you one more chance to answer the question. How many of you want to soar in life? Or is there anybody here who wants to be stuck on the ground? (laughs) Somebody said it's hard to soar with the eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys and chickens. I don't know if that's true, but I think if we study eagles, if we study eagles, we can understand the secrets of soaring. Isaiah chapter 40, and I read you the New International Version. It's up on the screen. In fact, let's just read this out loud together. Let's confess the word of God over our lives. Here's what it says. Together, even youths shall grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Father in heaven... I thank you for the renewing of the strength of your people, Lord. I thank you for the renewing of our hope and our trust and our confidence concerning the future. And that, Lord, anyone who is weary among us today is going to find new strength. Lord, I thank you for these eagles of God that are going to mount up and soar like eagles according to the promise of your word, Lord. And I thank you for your healing touch. I thank you for your delivering touch today. And Lord, I thank you for opening our eyes with new revelation for our personal lives and for our lives together as a church and the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that word, soar. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. It's a lot of people getting faint today. A lot of people feeling weary. They know what they should do. They have a heart to do what they should do, but to find the strength to do what they should do is a challenge for many today. And God says, if you wait on the Lord, if you spend time with God, if you put your hope in the Lord and entwine yourself in his presence, then your strength will be renewed and you will soar. Now to soar is a beautiful state of flight. And I loved the song that we saw earlier, the dance and all, it's about the sparrows. We, now we're moving from sparrows to eagles, all right? But we're all still in the bird kingdom, all right? It's all about flying this morning. But soaring is not actually the process of traveling and exhaustion and uh, flapping your wings to the point of tiredness. Soaring is a restful position where the currents of air are literally carrying you higher and higher. Eagles will spread their wings and find the updrafts and they will take their rest as the wind carries them higher and higher and higher. I want to tell you today, there's a life that you and I can lead that is not all about our works and our effort and our struggle and our exhaustion. There is a place in God for those who hope in the Lord of just simply volunteering our wings and saying, Lord, would you do the rest? And God begins to lift you up. That is not a life that will lead you exhausted. That is not a life that will leave you weary, beat, 
and broke. This is a life that will take you higher and higher in him. How many want to be an eagle Christian? Amen. What comes to mind when you see an eagle? A lot of people would think of an awesome bird soaring in the heavenlies, uh, effortlessly riding the wind. You know, the way they soar is awesome. And these are beautiful creatures. They, they soar up to altitudes of a half mile high. You realize that an eagle can spot a jackrabbit two miles away, soar down, swoop down at 100 or 110 miles an hour out of the sky, snatch him off the ground, and you got to be fast to catch a rabbit, snatch him off the ground and then effortlessly glide and take him to his nest to feed his family. These are awesome words and awesome animals. Now, the Bible says there are things about eagles that are mysterious but are instructive. There are secrets about eagles and the lives of eagles that speak to us. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 18 and 19, says there are three things that are too hard for me, really four that I don't understand. The way an eagle flies in the sky, that's a mystery. That's something to be understood and sought after. And then the way a snake slides over a rock, the way a ship sails on the sea in the way with a man and woman falling in love. But the way an eagle flies in the sky is a mystery. And it is a revelation that we should seek to understand. And when we look a little bit deeper in the scripture, as we will today, we'll discover the secrets of a life of soaring, a life that is effortless and yet ascending a life that is eagle-like that scripture promises us. So let me give you three seasons that prepare us to soar. There are three times of an eagle's life, three seasons or phases of an eagle's life that speak to us as believers. And I think specifically speak to this church. And you might be surprised at what you learned today about what's been happening in the body of Christ what's been happening in your local church, and what's been happening in your own individual experience, that there is not something wrong, but that indeed you are going through the precise phases that God has for you as he prepares you to soar like an eagle. Are you ready? The first phase, the first experience of an eagle's life is a season of nesting. Everyone say nesting. And nesting speaks of a a unique experience that God has for his people. I don't know if you know this, but eagles build the largest nests in the world. Eagles build incredible nests. The mothers start with branches and rocks, and then they line the nest with feathers and grass and fur from their prey. They make it nice and cozy for their little baby eagles and where they're going to lay their little eagle eggs. Eagles return to the same nest year after year. And every time they return to that nest, they add just a little bit more. So it's like, you know, home improvement every year and they add more. And these nests get stronger and heavier and larger each and every year. Sometimes these nests will weigh up to a ton and they will be 20 feet deep. 
These are large and strong nests. And of course, most of us haven't seen an eagle's nest because they build them very high up. But they are amazing to behold. They build the largest nests in the world. Now, what is the purpose of the nest or the nesting season? The nest is a setting for the feeding and nurturing of the baby eagles. This is where the baby eagles receive their strength and their nurturing. An eaglet is born with his eyes open and more importantly, with his mouth open. They are born hungry and ready to eat. And it is a full-time job for the father and mother eagle, papa eagle and mama eagle. And by the way, eagles mate for life. And they understand that it takes one male and one female to raise a baby eagle. I just thought I'd throw that in. That's the way it is in, in, with the eagles. If you want to soar, you've got to get your family right, okay? And so, but, they, but they, they build this nest, and then, the, you know, the baby eaglets come, and the father and mother, it's a full time to feed them. Now, if you're an eaglet in your nice, cozy nest, you're just a happy, happy little bird because all you have to do is just open your mouth and here comes mama and here comes daddy with lunch and dinner and all they have to do is open their mouth and oh, it's warm and cozy. In fact, at night when the temperatures drop inside the eagle's nest, then the mama eagle and the papa eagle will spread their wings over their eaglets and pull them close to their body to receive shelter and warmth. It's a beautiful thing to be in the nest of an eagle, so safe, so inaccessible. The enemy cannot reach you in the eagle's nest. There is warmth and there is food and there is togetherness and there is fellowship and it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And all you have to do is just open your mouth and you got lunch I wonder if this is what David had in mind when he wrote Psalm 81 and he said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. I used to read that verse. We were having a lot of financial troubles as a church. We went through a building project and we had, you know, a few scary situations. And there was a time where I wasn't sure we were gonna make it unless we laid people off and made major changes. We had to dig into our uh, home equity of my home just to keep the doors of the church open and I transferred money and loaned the church. I mean, it was it was a construction project that had gone over budget because of city requirements. And you know, when you're about half done, you can't stop. You got to find the money. You got to finish. And so we were in a real tough jam and Man, I tell you, the pressure was there and I could just feel the devil ready to humiliate me. You know, you took a step of faith and this isn't gonna work and, you know, you're out on the end of the branch and God is <laughs> sawing, the, sawing the branch off at the stump and here you go, you're gonna be humiliated in front of your city and you're a preacher of faith and you can't even make the bills and all of that. It was like the bats and owls of hell were screaming. But I decided to stay an eagle. And the Lord got us through this. And I came across this verse. And I can remember just going to the prayer chapel in our church and literally doing a prophetic act. I would open my mouth wide. Because the Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And I would say, 
And I would just literally do that, Shelly. And I felt as I, it put me in a position of dependence on the Lord. And the message was, God, if you don't supply what we need, we're going to starve. We're not going to make it. We've done everything we can do. And now, Lord, I'm acknowledging to you that I am in a state of dependence, utter dependence. I'm out of strength. I'm out of money. I'm out of resources. I can't make this one happen, but I can put my hope in you. And I open my mouth before you, Lord, and I stand on your word that says, if I open my mouth, you'll fill it. Hallelujah. We usually say that when we're trying to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, that's another good time to open your mouth and let the Lord fill it. But I needed money. I didn't need tongues. I had tongues. I needed M-O-N-E-Y. And the Lord came through. I'm telling you. God came through so marvelously. We are ahead of schedule, paying our the whole building projects paid off. Not only that, we just put seven or almost eight hundred thousand dollars into a new children's and youth wing and everything, all paid for, every inch of it in one year. In one year. Now we're ahead. We literally have money in the bank. We have savings. I'm trying to think. Do I invest this? If you open your mouth wide. God will fill it. Hallelujah. And the eagle's nest is a wonderful place for this to happen. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things, the Lord says. Now, the eagle's nest is also a place of relationships. You know, as I mentioned, eagles mate for life. They are relational creatures. And uh, the female raises one brood each year in that same nest. And both parents sit on the eggs. Both parents guard the nest. And then they feed and they train the young. And the eagles uh, have their uh, brother eagle and their sister eagle. And it's a place of fellowship. They're very close. It's, it's close quarters. And, and, uh, and so it's a picture, really. This whole thing becomes a picture of the local church. In fact, I know there are churches called the Eagle's Nest which is a wonderful name for a church because it's a place for people to come together and they learn the secret of feeding and fellowshipping. You and I are to feed on the good things of God. We're to feed on the word. That's why we're here this morning, amen? We're feeding on the word of God. We're to be there for each other and fellowship together and take in the good promises of God and the prophecies of God. And our fellowship, it strengthens us. And our prayers, it, they strengthen us. And just being in the presence of our God strengthens us. Now, eaglets stay in the eagle's nest for about seven weeks. And they are dependent upon their parents to feed them for about seven weeks, but eventually they have to start learning to feed themselves. And this is another process in the eagle's nest where eaglets learn to begin feeding themselves. How many of you are feeding yourself spiritually? You're digging into the word. It's great for you to come and hear Pastor Eric or Shelley preach or some of the elders and leaders, but you've got to dig into the word of God yourself. You've got to pray for yourself. It's great to come to church and have someone lay hands on you and pray for you to be healed or give you a prophetic word. But part of growth and part of the process of maturing is not just letting somebody else do it for you all the time. Sometimes you need to get face down and seek the Lord for a word yourself. Some of you need to suck some carpet every now and then, you know. You know what I'm saying? Get face down and really pull on God and come out. And if somebody gives you a prophecy, that's wonderful. But, but you've already heard what God has said to you. 
You've learned to get a hold of God yourself. You've learned how to dig into the scripture and find what God is saying for for your life. So thank God we have an eagle's nest, but an eagle's nest is a place where people fellowship and a place where they get fed and a place where the young are raised. And I want to tell you something, I'm standing in the middle of an eagle's nest right now because you guys were born to soar. And this is a place where you can be fed and nurtured and strengthened and learn to, to, to receive from the Lord and to and even feed yourself. But you're not done just because you're in an eagle's nest. That's not the experience of one who was born to soar. An eagle was born to soar and to leave the confines of the nest and experience what God has done and then to return to the nest to rejoice in the things that were done outside the nest. Can I have an amen? You don't want to stay cooped up in a nest if you're a believer, although it is a beautiful place to be. Psalm 63, 7 said, Lord, you've been my help and I'm just going to sing under the shadow of your wings. This morning I was singing under the shadow of the Lord's wings. Now, I don't know all the songs you sing. I'll, next time I'll have them all figured out, all right? I love your songs. But you know what I loved about being here with you this morning? I said to myself, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus, and I'm with his people. I'm away from my family. I'm away from my church, but I'm a Christian. It's Sunday. I'm with his people, and I'm singing under the shadow of his wings. I feel the presence of God in this place just like I feel it in my home church, just like I feel it when I'm in my prayer room at at, at my home. I feel the presence of God. Can I tell you there is nothing more meaningful, more reassuring, more life-giving than to be under the shadow of his wings, just singing and saying, Lord, I love you. And think of it, people, all over the world in 214 nations worldwide, the churches are singing and rejoicing in God. Hallelujah. Pastor uh, Augustine was telling me yesterday that he used to live in Saudi Arabia. Is that right, brother? He said there's 300 Christian churches underground in Saudi Arabia. Think about believers meeting. (laughs) I was watching last night the History Channel while you guys were having church. I was having history. And uh, I was learning about the Christians in Cappadocia and how they fled from persecution and they hid in the caves, but they carved out places of worship. They carved out cross-shaped sanctuaries three stories underground where they would hide and cling to their lives but worship the lord under the shadow of his wings <laughs> i bet you they had some good worship services with the muslims trying to kill him and the romans coming after him and everything and there are three stories underground worshiping under the shadow of his wings we belong to a great army of people the people of God that love him and love his presence. Don't you love being under the shadow of his wings? Sometimes you might be hurting and you might be uncertain and you might not know what's going to happen next. And the doctor gave you a report or your banker told you there's no more. You're facing some incredible challenge in your life and you think, what am I going to do? I'll tell you what you do. You head for the shadow of his wings and you just start singing. And you'll sense the warmth and grace and provision of God in your life. So that's the first phase 
of an eagle's life, the nesting phase. And it's in the nest that we learn the secrets of fellowship and feeding, being together and how we conduct our lives as believers. But there's more for us. And that brings us to the second phase, which is the eagle's time of training. There's not just nesting, but there's a time of challenge and a time of training that eagles go through because if they want to soar, they have to learn and be trained. This is the part where it gets challenging. This is the part where things feel like they're not going our way. And we start experiencing adversity and fear and difficulty and opposition. And this becomes the experience of the baby eagle. Now they stay in the nest until about 11 weeks after hatching. And then it's at that time that the mama eagle starts changing her behavior. This once cuddly, hugga-wugga mama eagle that just drops the food into the baby's Mouth, she's so cozy and warm and reassuring. This mama eagle starts changing her behavior toward her children. The first thing mama eagle does is remember that nice cozy nest? She starts pulling out all the cushions out of the eagle's nest to expose the rocks and the twigs and the bones and the kind of not so Cozy things. Now, any of you that have teenagers or adult children, all right, you know that you want to start pulling the feathers out of the nest. Otherwise, you're going to have what sociologists call a failure to launch. (laughs) And this is where the kids never quite learn to get out on their own because living at home is so nice. Well, not so with the mama eagle because she starts pulling the feathers out of the nest and pulling all the cushions out of the nest. And and, uh, this is what is called stirring the nest. And it's mentioned in scripture. She, she starts removing all the padding and allowing the twigs and rocks to rise to the surface. And suddenly the nest is uncomfortable. Now that has to be the devil. Remember, because anything that's comfortable is God and anything that's uncomfortable comes straight from the pit of hell. Isn't that what we teach? No, no. This, there's, a, there's a wisdom in the way of the eagle, and she begins to pull. I want you to think pin cushion, okay? This is what this thing becomes like for these baby eagles, and the nest becomes very uncomfortable. In Deuteronomy 32, verses 11 and 13, we read the following. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on his wings. So the Lord alone led him and there was no foreign God with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Next, uh, is that verse 13 already? It's included there. All right, so you see that as the eagle does what to the nest? Stirs up the nest. And then, then there's that phrase, hovers over the young. Now that is not a protective posture. What the mama eagle does, when she's, once she's done cleaning up all the cushions out of the nest, she actually starts attacking 
or at least it feels to the eaglets that they are being attacked. And she starts wildly fluttering her wings. She creates a windstorm inside the nest and all the fur is flying and the eagles are Little eaglets are panicked. Their adrenaline levels come up and she starts screaming in a voice that the children have never heard before. (laughs) This is called stirring up the nest and it's exactly, and the parallel here is that this is what God says. And then the the little eaglets are driven to the edge of the nest. And what happens next is frightening and inspiring at the same time. She grabs one of them, and they can't fly, of course, and she grabs them, and she goes airborne, and she ascends 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet, 1,800 feet, 2,000 feet, perhaps 2,500 feet in the air. I don't know what that little eaglet is thinking. Maybe he's thinking, oh, good, we're going for a ride. This is awesome. Whoa, the view out here is great. There's a whole world outside the nest, mama. This is awesome. This is beautiful. And then the eagle lets out another one of those screams that the eaglet heard in the nest that didn't sound real comforting. It's a tone. It's a sound that alerts this eaglet that something big is going to happen next. And what Mama Eagle does, after that scream and that shriek, she bangs to the right and flips that eaglet out into thin air. And now they're 2,500 feet off the ground, and that little eaglet is doing a tailspin all the way down, 2,400 feet, 2,300 feet. About 2,100 feet, lets out a scream. Mama! About 1,800 feet, little baby eaglet is getting filled with the Holy Ghost. About 1,500 feet, I mean, the ground is coming straight at her. And about 1,500 feet, that eaglet answers the call of God to ministry. I'll preach, Lord. I'll do anything you say. I'll tithe. I'll give. I'll join the church. But what's happening as that thing plummets toward the earth and the earth is rushing up toward this little baby eaglet that is experiencing wind pressure and it's experiencing its wings involuntarily extending and catching currents and then because it's uncoordinated and unbalanced, it continues to drop just about the time that it's almost fatal. It's the point of no return about 500 feet off the ground. That mama eagle comes and swoops that baby up, grabs it, and pulls it back up safely to the nest where she launches once again up to eight times a day to take this little baby eagle and terrorize him (laughs) and traumatize him to the point where he gets the idea that he was born to soar. Somehow, accidentally, he'll start flapping his wings. Somehow, accidentally, uncoordinated, he'll get the hang of it like a little child learning to ride a bike. Something involuntary takes over. Something inside the DNA of that eagle that he didn't even know was there 
that he didn't even know. He was a comfortable eaglet. He never dreamed he could fly. He never dreamed it was necessary or important to fly. But inside that eaglet from the time it was a little chick was a DNA to soar. And what I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, today is that you have the DNA to soar in your life. And God is not finished with you. And some of the adverse winds and some of the frightening circumstances and some of the difficulties that you've been through are exactly not because you have done something wrong, but it's exactly because God sees the greatness that is on the inside of you. God has not abandoned you when he drops you. He is able to come right at the right moment and snatch you and keep you, and you really aren't hurt in that process. Maybe a little frightened, maybe a little angry, maybe a little sore. Lord, that was a close call. What are you doing? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) And what's happening? You're learning to soar. You're learning to fly, and you're learning to to be strong. How many understand what I'm saying? So how many of you uh, has the, uh, the nest been being stirred lately? I'm just curious. Let me take a little informal poll, you know. How many have been plummeting toward the ground, you know, just this last week? You know, we're reluctant to move out of our comfort zones. We, by nature, appreciate safety, security, predictability. But if you want to fly, you have to take a chance. If you, want to, if you want to soar, you have to put your hope and your trust in the Lord. The stirring of God in your nest is so that you can soar. God may be making you uncomfortable with finances, he, be, he may be making you uncomfortable in your marriage. He may be making you uncomfortable with people that you're sitting next to in church this morning. He may be making you uncomfortable uh, with bad reports in the news, with reversals, but God is stirring the nest. Now, I'm praying for a nice, comfortable outcome for the election. That's truly what I want with all my heart. But I can tell you, If the very worst result happens in this national election, I'm going to praise the Lord because I believe it will be a stirring of the nest of the church. And God will be saying to us, you have not been soaring, you have not been flying, you have not been running the table. And I need you to get out there and soar. Even in adversity, the church has always thrived. What you think may kill you may actually save you. Can I have an amen? Amen. So let's be praying for the election and let's pray, you know, for the economy and let's pray for all these things to be smooth and comfortable. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But let's never doubt that if it becomes uncomfortable or if it becomes more difficult for us, that we are going to learn from it and we are going to soar even higher into the heights of God. Those who wait on the Lord, those who put their trust and their hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like, with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says that the one who calls you is faithful. 
The one who calls you is faithful. Aren't you glad that God can fly fast enough to catch you 500 feet off the ground? He knows how to do it. Hallelujah. And the Lord will preserve his people. He is training us, but we won't be damaged. Remember what he said to the disciples? This is a mind-blowing scripture. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Well, that doesn't even sound realistic. That doesn't even sound possible. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Do you think for one minute that our God would send his son, Jesus Christ, to die a horrible, violent death They spit on him. They pulled his beard. They cursed him that our loving God would watch his only begotten son die on a cross so that you and I could be saved. And do you think for one minute after God suffering that and allowing his son to suffer that, that he would then throw you to the wolves? Do you think he would take his eye off you for one minute? No matter what it looks like, you've got to trust and believe that the same one who died for you and loved you enough to save you initially will protect you and preserve you no matter what happens. And whatever your circumstances are telling you today, you must never doubt the love of God. And you must never give up on your hope for a great future in him because he died to purchase it for you. Amen? Now there's one last phase, and this is the one I'm really excited about sharing with you because there's the nesting phase. If you want to soar, you got to learn to nest. And then there's the training phase. If you want to soar, you've got to be trained by adversity. But then there's the molting phase. M-O-L-T-I-N-G, the molting phase. And the molting phase shows us the secret of self-renewal. How to be renewed in your life. It's an astonishing aspect of an eagle's life is the molting process. Somewhere about midlife, eagles undergo an unusual change in their bodies. And a time of change begins. In the molting phase, the eagle that has now learned to soar, perhaps has had his own children and his own family, has accomplished the eagle life, will then seek out a secluded valley and live instead of in the trees or the mountaintops, the eagle will live on the ground in the valley. They seek the lowest possible place. And what happens to the eagle, every eagle goes through this, called the molting process. One by one, this eagle loses her feathers. The feathers fall out. The ones that remain become very dull. It's quite an ugly sight at that time. The eagle's talons become brittle from digging in the dirt. And there in the valley, uh, she's too weak to hunt. And she's not, she's by herself. She's isolated. 
And she may not be able to escape from the enemy. For the first time in the eagle's life, it is alone. It is vulnerable to the enemy. Its appearance is changing. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel healthy. The feathers are falling out. The, 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 the sheen on the feathers is gone. The vision of an eagle becomes very cloudy. It's almost like a snake, you know, when they begin to shed their skin. It's such a dramatic, and scientists tell us that the actual chemistry of the blood in the eagle begins to change. It looks like the eagle is dying. It looks like the eagle is never going to be able to soar again when they go through the molting process. And this can take weeks sometimes. I'm sure it's a frightening experience for the eagle as it seems to be losing its youth. It cannot see, it cannot fly, it cannot hunt. As a result of it not being able to hunt, it loses weight, it gets very weak and very sickly. And then she hears a sound over her. And she looks up with those dulled, bleary eyes, and what does she see circling overhead but her fellow eagles. And the fellow eagles come and they drop the food from the heavens to this destroyed, washed out eagle and she begins to eat again. And she starts to take in nourishment and it's almost like she was back in the nest again. And she's back to that place where all she has to do is open her mouth And let the provision come. And let the strength come. And as she eats, she builds up her weight. And she gets strong again. And something starts to happen. The blood chemistry changes again. She gets stronger. Her feathers begin to fill in and grow. And the new feathers are shiny. And they have a satiny sheen on them. And the scales and the cataracts and the deformities on her eyes begin to fade and clear up. And vision gets sharp again. She can see. And something happens on the inside of her. She wants to fly again. And so she spreads her wings. And she comes to that place where she takes off. Her vision is clear. She's powerful again. Her beak comes back. Her claws are sharpened again. She's shining again. And what has happened to this eagle is her youth has been renewed. She's come all the way through the molting process and her youth has been renewed. Hallelujah. Listen, as an eagle's strength can wane and recharge, through the seasons, so can ours. The life of an eagle, the life course of an eagle is not from the nest to soaring, to soaring, to soaring. That's not the eagle's life. The eagle's life is from the nest to the place of soaring, to the place of molting, youth renewal, and remounting up with the wings of an eagle to soar back again to the heights. Somebody lied to you and said, if you're an eagle, you'll never be down in the valley. 
Somebody lied to you and said, if we have an eagle church, we'll never go through a hard time. Somebody lied to you and said, if you're a good eagle mama or a good eagle father, you'll never have a problem with your son or daughter. That is a lie. The truth is the life of an eagle is full of frightening moments, full of fragile moments, full of vulnerable moments. But somewhere inside of that eagle is a DNA that says, I am born to soar. And what I want to say to those of you that have been going through times of of, uh, uh, the stirring of your nest, or maybe some of you are going through times of molting right now, right now you don't feel yourself. Right now you're saying, what is wrong with me? I'm not soaring like I used to. I'm not I'm not caring and loving and passionate like I used to be. I don't have vision. What's wrong with me? I look at my hands. I can't grab things. I can't. My shout isn't like it used to be. My victory isn't like it used to be. And you think, has God forsaken me? Is there something wrong with me? Did I sin a terrible sin? What have I done? And I'm sent to tell you that you are able to mount up with wings and it won't be long before your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't panic during times of adversity and difficulty, but trust in the Lord. What's going on with my finances? What's happening here to my ministry? What's happening in my marriage? Hold steady. Keep singing under the shadow of his wings. Remember the days of the nest. Remember the days of your training and know that God is going to drop down on you everything that you need and he will use his people. And by the way, when you see another eagle molting, make sure that you don't lose touch with them. Make sure that you don't say, whatever happened to that guy? Remember that guy who used to sell real estate and he had the, remember he had that blonde wife and those two cute kids? Whatever happened to that guy? And get on the hunt. Get on the hunt for these molting eagles. Go after you. say, well, they're not here anymore. We just can't have anything to do with them. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Go after them. Reach out to them. Encourage them to come back to the eagle's nest. Bring them some food. Hallelujah. Because you never know that the day might come where you need some eagle food dropped down on you. You might have a molting month. And hopefully somebody will come after you and you'll get the strength. Jesus did that with Peter. He sought Peter out after Peter denied him. And he pulled him back in. Can I have an amen this morning? So let's allow God to renew our strength. Let's allow him to strengthen us. Psalms 103 verse 5 says, He fills my life with good things so that my youth is renewed (laughs) like the eagles. Glory to God. Let's just lift our hands right now and just say that. Say, He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Say it again. He fills my life. With good things, my youth shall be renewed like the, say it again. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed 
like the eagles. Hallelujah. Everybody say good things. Expect good things from God. He's going to, and things is things. Hallelujah. Thank God for things. A man is a thing. (laughs) If you need a man, you know. If you're looking for a woman, a woman is a thing. Hallelujah. You need a car? Expect it from God. He fills my life with good things. Sometimes it feels like the only thing happening from God is pain and trouble and turmoil. I want to tell you God's a blessing God. And it's all right to have a few things (laughs) from God. Amen. How long has it been, church? How long has it been since you soared? How long has it been since you really rode high in the high places of God? Are you in a nesting time? Enjoy it while it lasts. Are you in a training time? Learn the lessons. Don't panic. Are you in a molting time? Don't forget, you were born to soar. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you right now. Will you just bow your heads? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful Christian life that you've given to us. I thank you for the promises of your word, almighty God. Father, I thank you for your mighty strength and your power. And Lord, as I've prayed for this church, I've just seen weapon after weapon forming against these good people, but I thank you that this week they have been dealt with and destroyed, Lord. And Father, now that these demonic Uh, instruments of discouragement and weariness have been destroyed. Lord, I pray for a soaring spirit to come upon this house, Lord God. I pray for a joyful soaring spirit, Lord God, that that as our wings will stretch, Lord, forth into the new year and into 09, that God, we will mount up with wings as never before. Father, I just prophesy vision back into this house, Lord God. I prophesy wealth back into this house. I I prophesy strength into the families and into the marriages, Lord. Wherever there's been a, a beating or, a, or, or a, a turning in their life, Lord, restore the strength of the Holy Ghost into every place of weakness, Lord God. I declare over every person in this room a new beginning in this year of new beginnings, Father God. I thank you for your strength. Hallelujah. Will you just stand to your feet and just lift your hands and let's just worship the Lord for a minute. Come on. Let's get singing.